Acts chapter 16 and verse 9. This is post-Acts chapter 2. Paul's been called, appointed, anointed. And the scripture gives us this setting. It said, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night's there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, someone say seen, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us, someone say heard, for us to preach the gospel unto them. Father, I'm so thankful for this opportunity that we have to be in your presence. We don't take this moment lightly. God, I'm asking that on this day that we set aside to, God, not only look inwardly, but to look outwardly. I pray that you would unlock doors that have seemed so impossible to open. I ask that you would release vision that's been so impossible to see. I pray that we would hear your voice clearer than we ever have before. Speak to us tonight, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Would you make, just before we're finished, before we kind of check out and get prepared for the sermon, would you just make that prayer a personal prayer for a moment? Would you just pray that in your own way? I, I can't pray the prayer for you. It's got to be personal. It's gotta, you've got to release it from your own spirit for a moment. You've got to open your heart. Could someone thank God for hearing our cry and attending to our prayer tonight? Someone just clap hands to the Lord. Someone lift your voice. Come on, let's thank him in advance for what he's about to do, for what he's going to do, for how he's going to work. Amen. And amen. You may be seated tonight. It wasn't a unique commendation that was given in Scripture. Not only Isaiah, but also Jesus and Paul all cautioned the hearts of their hearers. I'll use Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 13. He simply said this, For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Paul said, for the heart of this people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. I really believe that the cure for lukewarmness is fresh vision and fresh hearing. I believe that every one of us have got to struggle with the challenge sometimes of, of what happens when we allow our relationship with God to get cooled off. I, you know, in just a few moments that we were together this morning and, and I just came to the podium as I began to pray, I felt that scripture quicken to me about, about God being an all-consuming fire and how that we need to allow ourselves to be on fire with the Holy Ghost and how that fire can change things and transform things, but it's ever so easy for that fire often to become cold. I burn wood during the winter. I burned, some years I burn upwards of five to six cord. I I know what it's like to keep the stove going. It's work. It's effort. It's responsibility. You, you've got to always be heading out to the wood pile. They say wood heats you more times than once. It heats you when you're, when you're cutting it down. It heats you when you're 
Yeah, heat you when you're splitting it, heat you when you're piling it, heat, heat you when you're going to get it. I mean, it's just, oh, it's just great heat. And finally, you throw it in the wood stove and it gives you that last bit. But, but it's a constant responsibility to keep the fire burning. It's a constant responsibility. You've got to open that door. You've got to be checking the draft. Sometimes if you wake up in the middle of the night, you, you just say to yourself, well, I may as well put a couple of sticks in now because I don't want it to get cold in the morning. I, I just want that fire to continue. It's a lot harder to get a fire started after it's already gone out than, than just kind of flinging the door open and firing a few sticks in and shutting it back up. And then you know we're good. We're, we're good for the next little while. But every one of us know what it's like sometimes to allow something in our spirit to cool off. And before long, and before we even know it, we've allowed ourselves to come into this place of lukewarmness. We've allowed the fire to burn out. And the work, the responsibility, the effort to get the fire going again, it takes a little bit of a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of effort. But can I just remind us all, it's worth it to keep the fire burning. But if it's gone out, it's worth it for us to get the fire burning. I, I want to be on fire for God. I don't want to just go through the motions. I, I just don't want to go through the, the seasons of, of just, you know, coming to church and, and going home and going through the, the effort of work and daily activities. I, I want to I see a vision, a fresh vision, a fresh revival fire burning in our midst, in our community in our church. I, I want to see that. And, and to see it, sometimes you got to see it before you see it. you got to see it before you see it. Much to be said in Scripture about our, our spiritual senses. I, I'm thankful for the natural senses. I like seeing. I like hearing. I, I like tasting. A little too much sometimes. Touching. Talking with those five senses that God has given to us. But, but he zeroes in in the supernatural. And he says, there's some senses that you've got to keep keen in your spiritual man. The ears. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the end of the world. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But here's what we know. The word has been sent forth, but not everybody was willing to hear. That's why we've got to be intentional. In the natural, we've got these ears and we can't help but hear sometimes. Sometimes we hear more than we want to hear. I don't know if your neighbor was on tune tonight or not. I don't know if you maybe had a, a little spat before church or not. I don't know. I don't know if you heard some things you didn't want to hear. I, it's hard to say. Sometimes we hear things we don't want to hear, and we wish we could just kind of turn it off. The problem is in the supernatural, we can the Bible tells us, Jesus said it, Isaiah said it, Paul said, that our ears are dull of hearing. Our eyes get closed. Listen, at any time we should see with them, and our, our ears, they just kind of close up on us. And if we're not careful, if we're not consistent, if we're not actively engaged in ensuring that our spirit man is actively engaged in the spirit senses, then those senses will diminish in our lives. We've got to... We've got to make sure that, that we want to see what God wants us to see. We've got to make sure that we've got fresh vision. We've got to make sure that our ears hear the word of God, that we're engaged in hearing the word of God, because if we don't, then our ears are going to close up. Our heart's going to get hardened. Our spirit just kind of dies off. That's the power of preaching. I thank God for the word that we heard this morning. I, 
It, it was short and sweet. I, the pastor's calling the music back. I was like, mark this down, shortest message ever by Pastor Raymond Woodward. 10.3 minutes. Come back to the music. And everybody said, just follow his lead, Pastor Jack. It doesn't take a long time, sometimes. It's just that the power of the word is released. And, and that was powerful this morning. Just that, that, you know, God wants to release revelation and revival in our midst. But we've got to be willing to hear what God is saying to our church. Our ear has got to be opened up. And, and we've got to allow the power of the word to be spoken. And we've got to allow the preacher to preach the word. Because there's power in preaching. There's power in the word of God being released. It says, how are they going to believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You know what's powerful? It's not the human behind the pulpit. It's not the person that, that God uses. It's the word that's being spoken. It's this book that's being released into somebody's heart. And their heart begins to hear. That's the power of the word. It's not a person. It's the power of God that just uses a simple vessel to minister to somebody and when that word is released the power of God's word opens the hearing in somebody's spirit how can you hear without a preacher he, that's why God chooses his foolish preaching not foolish preachers it's the foolishness of preaching God opens our ears through the word being released God God opens our eyes God God wants us to have our spiritual eye open You've got so many things to look at in the, the world. Why do you think vision is so powerful? Why do you think these little, little tools right here catch our attention and catch our eye? Some of you doing it right now. You just looked up to figure out what tool was he talking about. That one. Because there's power in what you see. It opens something in you, in the natural how much more in the supernatural? That's why God gave us counsel through the word. We, we've got to have an upward look. The psalmist gave us this, this commendation. He said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. We've got to have an upward look. In this world today, we've got to have an upward look. When we don't know what's happening around us, we've got to have an upward look because here's what I know. I don't know who's going to sit on the earthly thrones, but I know who's sitting on the heavenly throne. I don't know who's going to sit in earthly authority, but I know who's sitting in kingly authority. I know the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And if when I get confused by looking around me, all I've got to do is elevate my gaze and all of a sudden it's clear again. I can see God still on the throne. He hasn't abdicated. He isn't absent. He's not He's not invisible. God's at work. He's on the throne. The king of kings is here. That's why I've got to have an upward look. My spirit man can get confused when I look around down here. But when I elevate my gaze, I see clearly. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. I've got to have an inward look. The psalmist said, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. I've got to search Jack Lehman. I've got to search my heart. I've got to search my, attention, my intentions. I've got to check out my motives. I've got to let the spotlight of the word begin to 
show me. But God's word, I can read it, but unless I apply it, unless, unless I allow that word, not just to get direct, I can, it's easy. I, I have the opportunity a few times a week to direct the word at people. Well, what's the good of that if I don't allow the word to be directed at me? What's the, what's the good of that if I don't allow the word to all of a sudden show me what's in my heart, what's wrong with my spirit? That's a bad attitude, Jack. That's a rotten spirit, Jack. Some of you are clapping. We've been praying. Finally. I want God to show me. I want to be. I want to be plain before him, but I've got to have an inward look. I've got to look inwardly. My eyes, my spiritual eyes have got to be willing to do the hard work of looking inward. So we have the upward look and we have the inward look, but this is our mission conference. God also wants us to have an outward look. John chapter 4 and verse 35 Jesus said, Say not ye there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. This is our 2020 mission conference at CCC. We aren't the guests that we had planned on having. This isn't the preacher we had intended on having in the pulpit. The whole whole world knows the chaos that we're walking through right now. So I don't like 2020 much. I don't like the division it brings. I don't like the confusion. I don't like the checking every week to figure out what we're allowed to do. I don't like the impact it has on the church family. I don't like the impact it has on our community. Yes, we want to be safe. Yes, we want to ensure public safety and we're working with public health but I don't have to like it. So I don't like it much. But could it be that 2020 is bringing us some clarity in our vision? It was in Mark chapter 8, they brought a blind man to Jesus. It said in chapter 8, verse 22, that They besought Jesus to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw odd. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. The partial healing that Jesus gave him required an additional request for clarity. You know, in his mind, his senses were more accurate than what he was seeing. He had had people explain to him the vision that they saw. He had had people tell him about what they'd observed. It was with detail and intricate elements that he knew that he couldn't see. But all of a sudden, when this healing happened, he he, he had this blurred vision. Was it because Jesus performed an imperfect miracle? No. It was a sign of what we need to do when we aren't seeing clearly. It's a sign of what we need to do sometimes when vision gets blurred. It's an example 
of what we, the responsibility that we have that, that sometimes when our vision gets cloudy and, and all of a sudden we, we're, we're confused and we're, we're misdirected and we just can't see clearly. It's not about the stuff. You know, he, he didn't say that I, I, I don't see the trees clearly. I, I don't see the flowers that I'm smelling. I, I don't see the beautiful field that, that I know is just here somewhere. He didn't say that. He said, I see men as trees walking. He said there was this, this, this confusion that he had because he, you know, he had held the hand maybe of, of his mother or his father. He, he had held them close or had been with them, and he knew that what he was seeing wasn't what he had felt. His senses were a better indicator of what he could see. So he knew that there was more. He knew that there was something that was missing. And so in that confusion, he said, I, I, I just, he said, I, I looked up, and he said, I see men as trees walking. I can't see them clearly. And could it be that before 2020, we just see men as trees walking? We're going about our business. I I talked about this morning how weeks just seem to be tumbling on top of each other. Time is going by so fast and we're so engaged in what we've got to do. And all of a sudden, 2020 slams the brakes on and we're left staring at one another inside our four walls. What was your name again? So I, I don't like everything that 2020 brought to the table. But could it be that God is saying, I need to slow things down because right now it's just a blur on the highway of life that you're traveling on. People are just passing you by and you're not realizing that there's something to engage with here. You're only seeing men as trees. You couldn't tell the difference because of the pace of life that you're walking through. But could it be that God just kind of slowed everything down so we could have better spiritual vision, so we could see clearly, so we say, hold on a minute. I see men as trees. I haven't got a correct spiritual vision. I don't have a correct heart for humanity. I've been missing something all along. God would just slow us down so that we can see clearly. There's an obvious need for a second touch. Why is everything so unclear? It wasn't imperfect healing. It was that example of what we need to do when our vision gets blurred, I'm not seeing clearly. Something's not right. I may be able to navigate, but I don't have a clear vision. Vision, that powerful component of revival, has to be crystal clear to the church of 2020. I'm not talking about our activities. I'm talking about the vision that Paul saw. We're coming back to that in just a moment. Because so much of this hinges on how we see each other. Not how we see our bank account numbers. Not how we see the home that we drive into when we get there. Not the vehicle we're driving that we leave in in the parking lot. That's not what this is all about. None of that is going to heaven with us. None of that's heading to heaven with us. And if all of that creates this confusion in our vision so we can't see men clearly, we need to recalibrate our vision. We need a spiritual adjustment on the optics of our life. 
If we only see men as trees, if they are, they're just inanimate objects, they're just some part of the scenery, they're just part of what we watch on the way by, they're just something beautiful we see in the distance. It's just, oh. But when we see men as men, and when we see women as women with eternal hearts and eternal souls that are going to live forever somewhere, then all of a sudden things clear up. When we begin to see things not as temporal, but we begin to understand that humans are eternal, then something shifts in the supernatural. The, the element of importance on, or the power of the importance of a human soul becomes priority. It becomes the number one goal, the number one responsibility. Not men as trees, but men as souls. That was what moved Jesus with compassion. That's why he touched the leper. That's why he healed the blind, the lame. That's why we talked about it uh, on Friday night. That's why he stepped over cultural, cultural barriers. That's why it didn't matter what had to happen. He was going to do whatever it took to reach the one that no one would touch because every soul mattered. And a clear vision of humanity having eternity attached to them will bring us a spirit of revival in our midst. We live in a society that sees one another with imperfect purpose. What's in it for me? Where does this raise me in the level of popularity? That's humanity as trees. But God is wanting the church to see men and women with eternity attached to them. As long as I just see humanity as trees, I'm free to go on my way. I'm free to do my thing. I'm free to carry on as I wish. My kingdom come, my will be done. But if I see men as men, I'm going to be moved with compassion. I'm going to be compelled. I'm going to be the good Samaritan. I'm going to go out of my way to reach I'm willing to pay the price. I'll invest in a vision like that. Jesus challenged his disciples over and over again. The crowds around him weren't exempt. He just tell them, having eyes see ye not, having ears hear ye not, and do ye not remember? Why? He knew it's completely possible that there are times when we become blind to the most apparent eternal things. It's completely probable that there are times when we will just allow ourselves to be driven by our basic senses and forget about the fact that we are really eternal spiritual beings just here for a season. No wonder Jesus said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. No wonder he said, for our eyes to be anointed so we could see. We can come back to the music tonight. Poor Gracie. She's the dog of our domicile, the protector of our property. Five pounds of guardian fury. We didn't understand it for a while. We wondered what was wrong, the barking whenever anyone pulled in the yard. 
slowly stopped. She was sleeping all the time, undisturbed by our coming and going. She was always getting in the way under our feet, stopping right in front of us to gaze down the hallway at what we don't know. I literally thought she lost her mind. She is our dog, by the way. Did I say that? I think I said that. Until one day I realized she hasn't lost her mind. She just lost her hearing. The dog's deaf. She can't hear nothing. I remember telling Kathy one day, I said, Gracie's deaf. I mean, if we haul her, she might hear. So we did the test. Because before, whenever you said the word car, up and down the hall, to the steps. So we got behind her and I said, car, nothing. Car, nothing. Father was like, car! I said, yeah, she can't hear nothing. We looked in her ears. We... She's just, you know, in dog years, I don't know how that works with chihuahuas, but she's like 150 years old or something, I don't know. Kind of makes sense. But she's always getting in the way, under our feet, stopping in front of us. So what had begun to be frustrating because you'd almost step on her and you're like, Grace, get out of the way. You'd be, you know, around the kitchen. She's pretty quick at getting out of the way, but now she couldn't hear you coming. So now we have pity where we had frustration. We know, we know she's not faking it because before when there was thunder and lightning, she'd be in the bathroom sitting on the carpet in the middle of the house or the little rug in front of the... Don't you think we have carpet in the bathroom? That's gross. <laughs> but now she's undisturbed by storms. Just ignorance is bliss. She has no idea. The storm's happening. She's, she's not distressed by the thunder. She's... She's just, she's hard of hearing. She can't hear. So she's trodden that path down the trail to wherever dogs go. We don't, we know, yeah, anyway, let's carry on. I remember creating lots of questions for parents, my children. We'll carry on. So it's kind of sad in a way. But how much worse is it when we lose our spiritual ear? That power of hearing. You know, with Nicodemus, Jesus told him, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst tell from whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So it is everyone that is born of the Spirit. There's this ability that comes, this supernatural opportunity exists if you open your spiritual ear to hear, to see. With 2020, this year of spiritual vision, vision I, I, you know, 
That's why this song resonated with me so much. We're going to see revival because faith is the ability to see it before you see it. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, but yet somehow in your mind you see it beforehand. And God's wanting to bring that into our midst. That's why he told the church in Revelation, the Laodicean church, he said, I counsel thee, buy me gold, tried in fire, and he carried on. That thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou, what? Mayest see. That you could see. Anoint your eyes with eye salve, because he knew there were times when that lukewarmness would come in. Laodicea, it happened to them, but he said, if you'll anoint your eyes that you will see, then I will open spiritual vision. I will open spiritual opportunity. You've got to see it before you see it. It's spiritual vision that That compels Pastor Mark Condon to cast the vision for millions of dollars with a small congregation and an impossible. We've been tracking that story since it started. But it's that vision, Pastor. It gets cast and you can see it before you see it. And you can't escape it. It connects with you. you someone would say, well, I, that's impossible. Uh-uh, I saw it. I saw it in the supernatural realm. That's what's happening with Oromukto right now. When Pastor and I sat down to talk about it, it was, seems good to the Holy Ghost and to us. And now we can't not see it. We can't unsee it. Why? Because there was a revelation. There was a vision that happened in the supernatural. And you start working toward that goal and you start pressing in. And people say, well, why? We've tried there before. It's, we, we've, we've sent people in there before. It's an impossible harvest field. It's just temporary placements for people that are going to leave. You know what we see? We see mission opportunity. We see the world being impacted. We see a church rising up. We see individuals, come on, being brought into the kingdom. Why? We see it. It hasn't happened yet but we can see it it's being able to see it before you see it it's that spiritual vision and it was that vision that appeared to Paul in Acts 16 a vision appeared in the night there was there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him saying come over into Macedonia we saw a man, it was that vision saying, come on into Oromukto. Come on, it's time. It's time to compel, come on, to compel yourself to enforce and, and finance the vision. That's what we're talking about tonight. We're going to see revival. Come to Macedonia and help us. Can you hear the call? Let me just use Oromakdo tonight, but you can insert whatever city, whatever state, whatever nation, whatever country. Come and help us. That's what our faith promise is about. Investing in the harvest, harvesters of the harvest field. And I love what Paul because Paul has, Paul has this spiritual vision. He could see it. He saw the man. He heard him. 
come over into Macedonia. His vision was clear. The hearing was clear. It was there. He could see it and he could hear it. And the Bible tells us his response to seeing and hearing. It says, and after he had seen the vision, immediately, would someone say immediately? Immediately because we can't afford to take time. We can't afford when the moment rises up. We can't afford when the vision shows up to ignore it, to walk on by. We can't afford to just see men as trees walking. We can't afford that. We've got to pray. God, would you clarify? God, would you help us to see like we've never seen before? We need, come on, we need a revival of the mission field, a heart for missions. We need a revival because if we have a revival of a heart for missions and God, what we're praying he will do globally, God will do locally. And you know what happens? God finances the need. God compels us. God blesses us. God anoints us. I feel it in the Holy Ghost tonight. Let me tell you what happens. Paul, he's compelled by that heavenly vision and responds. But let me tell you something later on. You can read it later in scripture. It's the Macedonian men that respond to the need that Paul has later on. That's just the way that it works. Who knows that the need that we help finance now isn't the ones that are going to help us in the future. That's how God works. You may as well stand. I don't have a better sermon. The mission can only be accomplished if we see men and women not as trees, but as souls in the kingdom of God. Fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, sons, and daughters. We will only act on a vision that we see clearly. We will only respond to a call that we hear clearly. That's why the prayer tonight is God, anoint our eyes so we can see. God, touch our ears so we can hear. And when we pray that prayer and God answers, we're going to see revival. <laughs> I, wish it, I wish I just had a, a few that would say, I, I, I feel that, Pastor Jack. I know what you're talking about. I, I receive that. I, I'm stepping into that. I'm opening myself to that. Can I pray with you just for a moment? We're going to sing. Father, We are asking for that anointing that literally destroys yokes of bondage to rest in this room. And Lord, if you asked the Laodicean church to anoint their eyes with eye salve so they could see, Lord, I pray that you would anoint our eyes tonight so we could see. God, so we could see men and women the way that you see them. God, I pray that our ears that can get dull of hearing. God, I pray that you would bring healing 
so we can hear clearly your voice. God, don't let us just be hearers only of some dull portion of your word, but God, that we will allow that word. How can we hear? It can only happen. God, when your word is preached, declared, it opens something in the supernatural ear. So tonight, Father, I ask that what that voice that someone's beginning to hear, that call, that Macedonian call, I pray that it would compel someone. I ask that it would bring revival. I thank you for everything that this church has already done. I thank you that this is that kind of church like Pastor preached this morning. We're that church that that sacrificially gives. We're that church that sees the need and responds. We're that church. But God, I pray that we would also see men like we've never seen them before. I pray that we would respond, that we would have a vision of that Macedonian call, that Macedonian man. And God, that that heart for missions that compels us to give financially, God would set something on fire in us. I thank you for your help tonight. I thank you for meeting with us in this service. I thank you for people, God, that are engaged in active work of your kingdom. I thank you for that. We are so thankful. But God, I'm asking in this end time, if there's something in us that needs to be healed, something in us that needs your anointing, we're praying tonight that you would do that work in our lives, in our hearts. Let there be a restoration. Let there be a renewal. God, let there be a revival, we pray. Would someone just let your voice out for a moment? We're going to sing in just one minute, but I, I think that prayer may be the right response right now. Come on, if you're in your bubble, would you pray with whoever it is that's next to you? You may join their hand, put your hand on their shoulder if you're already. Come on, that's it, NCC. I hear that prayer right there. Come on, CCC. For the sake of the world, but 